Say you've spent the day driving through the deserts near Joshua Tree National Park in California. It is such a cool place. There's big rock formations, the twisted, spiky Joshua trees that give the place its name. And then in the distance, you spot something that almost seems like a funky mirage. There's this little bright green museum. It's kind of in the shape of an old-fashioned camera. And on it are the words, World Famous Crochet Museum. When you step inside, you are bombarded with cuteness. Um, (laughs) Lots of bright, fun colors, smiling faces. The smiling faces of cute little creatures. Crocheted creatures made of yarn. Covering every inch of this tiny museum. Capacity, two people. There's the chicken wing. Uh, To the left, there's a whole bunch of chickens and eggs and birds. And then there's my poodle collection. And then there's a whole like a food pantry area where there's cakes and cookies, uh, taco, fruit, uh, all kinds of fun foods. And then there's um, people, animals, bears. Somebody even made a replica of the Crochet Museum. (laughs) So there's a crocheted Crochet Museum inside. I'm Amanda McGowan, and this is Atlas Obscura celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we're heading to the deserts of Joshua Tree, to the world-famous Crochet Museum. Or, as its creator describes it, a vortex of love and joy and peace. That's after this. time I took a road trip. How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. I was never that inspired going to an art supply store and seeing a blank canvas and paint. That just seems like ultra boring to me. Finding an old board in an alley or just some interesting thing found in the desert, an old rusty something. Um, it already is started for me because I, I can see little faces. I already kind of have an idea of what I think I, I would do with that little piece of junk. Before we get into the story of Joshua Tree's world-famous crochet museum, let me introduce you to someone. My name is Sherry Elf, and I'm an artist, a singer-songwriter, and I'm a museum haver. I like myself. <laughs> See, yeah. I like myself. I'm done with me. 
Sherry does a little of everything. This is one of her songs. It's been stuck in my head since I talked to her. And Sherry's visual art is also very cool. It's like part paintings, part found object collage, and they often have these thought-provoking sayings on them. One of my favorites, which you can see on her website, is this little cat creature perched on top of a pile of books or boxes. And above it says, sometimes I like to change my perspective. I call it good and sturdy art made from trash. And it's also recycled. And it probably has something to do with turning trash into treasure, you know, looking for the gold in what most people wouldn't normally see. And I have a talent for that. <laughs> so, When you work with found objects, you don't really have control over what you get. It sort of comes to you. And that was the origin story of the world-famous Crochet Museum. Before Sherry came out to the Joshua Tree Desert, she was living in Los Angeles. And one day, a fellow artist friend named Ramona Otto showed up at her house with a gift. She brought over two crochet poodles, hands them to me and says, here, I think you should collect these. And I go, really? <laughs> I'd never thought about it. But she goes, you know how you love cute things. And it's true. I love and adore cute things made with love, made by hand, and that are goofy and colorful. They were perfect for me. And I put them on the shelf. And then... I started finding them. And I and when I would find them at a yard sale or something, I'd say, well, I better buy that because it's going to look good with my other two poodles. Quick sidebar here. If you're not familiar with crochet, it's a way of creating fabric out of yarn by making loops over and over again with a hook. If you've ever seen one of those blankets that looks like it's made of lacy squares, maybe your grandma has given you one, that is crochet. Crochet is also used to make stuffed animals, which of course is what Sherry was after. So then the collection grew and I built a little shelf, put it in my pink bathroom, and I thought that would be it. But then I moved to Kansas City and Kansas City is just filled with great crochet. There's a lot of, you know, wonderful, I call them goddesses. These Usually they're ladies, often they're old ladies, but more and more they're younger people. But they, they would make these beautiful things and I would find them at estate sales, antique stores, you know, um, yard sales. The collection grew and I started buying more than poodles. So I had to build a bigger shelf and I put it in our living room. And then I started my website and we decided to put a crochet museum page on it. So it, it, it became the museum before there was an actual building for it. Sherry tells me that she came back from Kansas City with boxes and boxes of crocheted creatures. It was kind of taking over her house. But then one day when she was making the drive between L.A. and Joshua Tree, she saw this kind of old rundown kiosk thing. It was brown and beige, and it, I think it said photo quick, and it was a little building, an old drive through photo processing building. But one day there was a guy weed eating there, and I stopped and asked him if he knew anything about that building. He goes, um, I know the lady that owns it, and I can give you her phone number. So he did, and I called her up, and um, she said that her and her daughter had owned all of the drive through photo kiosks in like Southern California at one time. She was even telling me the money they made. They made a lot of money each week from, from these kiosks because they were all over. And um, But she was saving that for something special. Well, Sherry did have an idea for something special. A museum. A museum totally dedicated to her crochet collection. The Crochet Museum has a little of everything. Octopuses, food like little strawberries and watermelon slices, bears... At one point, she even had a copy of the chair from the Pee Wee Herman show named Cherry. 
When I went on the website, the curator of the museum is featured prominently on the front page, but it's not actually Sherry. It's somebody else. You are, of course, the founder of the museum, but I understand that the museum also has a curator or maybe a mascot named Bunny. Can you tell me about Bunny? Yes. Bunny is... Can I grab her? Of course. Sherry grabs this green crocheted alligator with a very long and very cute nose, wearing a frilly apron, and a little brown dog with long ears. Here's Bunny. Hello there, Amanda. It's nice to meet you. And this is Bunny. Well, hello. I'm Bunny Sidekick. Sherry actually found Bunny, who, again, is an alligator, when she was out antiquing. And she was actually out antiquing that day with her friend Ramona, the same friend who had given her the first crocheted poodles that started everything. We had been shopping all day, so I'd already spent a lot, and I, maybe I was tired of shopping, you know, I just wasn't sure. And Ramona points out this crocheted alligator with a little frilly apron. And I, and I look at it, I go, oh, that's cute. And then we leave, and I didn't have the alligator with me. She goes, I can't believe you didn't buy that alligator. I go, I know. Should I have bought it? She goes, Yeah. So I go back in and I I buy the crocheted alligator. And, you know, I'm so glad I did because she's the curator of the museum. I couldn't have done it all without her. <laughs> Bunny has been the museum's mascot ever since. Bunny. Yesterday my life was filled with rain. We both believe, me and Bunny, that... Bunny all the love that was put into each item, because most crochet items were made with love. And most people who are crocheters know it's hard to get what you put into it. The time you put into a crochet piece, it's hard to ask for that money and get it. And so we value all of the love that was put into each piece. And we think that each piece resonates that love. And then all of the love that people feel when they look at all the pieces over the years just makes that museum a vortex of joy and love and peace, you know? <laughs> I have a confession to make. I don't know how to crochet myself, but I do love to knit. And I've always had a little bit of crochet envy. In knitting, you work with two needles, one in each hand, and you work back and forth in rows. It's pretty regimented. But in crochet, remember you're using that single hook and you have a lot more freedom and flexibility. You can go in some stitches, out of others, make funky shapes, make fabric that goes in one direction or another. In order to do that, you need a lot of dexterity. You need to be able to move your wrists in all kinds of different directions to manipulate the crochet hook. Turns out that's one of the things that makes crochet pretty unique. I learned something the other day that reminded me that I really want to crochet, which is um, machines are able to make knitted fabric, like like t-shirts and stuff are like machine-made knitted fabric, but machines aren't able to replicate crochet. So whenever you see a crocheted item, you know it was made by a person. Isn't that great? I just think that's the coolest thing. And so that, I mean, that just reminded me of what you were just saying, where you see a crocheted object, you're like, somebody like put a lot of love and time and energy into this. Yeah. And we have a resident crochet artist, Stacey Crochet. She works three days a week at the museum. And um, while she's there, she crochets things for me. She also does things like printing our patches and if we need patches printed and, and other things. But um, she'll also crochet, try to crochet anything I ask her to crochet, <laughs> which is really wonderful. And she has told me that I didn't know that before I met her, that machines can't do crochet. 
And so it does make it extra special, doesn't it? That it had to be made by hand. The world-famous Crochet Museum began on Sherry's bathroom shelf. Then it became a page on her website. And now the name for the place, World Famous, is actually true. Since Sherry opened the kiosk back in 2006, she's had visitors from all over the world. How do you see the Crochet Museum in your art practice? Do you see like kind of linkages or um, connections? Yes, I do. Because as you know, I love cute, I love colorful and um, made with love. And I tell people, you know, I didn't really set out to plan to have a roadside attraction, a crochet museum, and to be the upkeeper of it and make sure. So for kind of sometimes for for years, I wouldn't do much, you know, to update it or anything. Like, it's there, it's my project, you know. <laughs> but lately, I'm realizing what, what a joy it is, you know, to go in there and, and tidy up, build a new shelf, um, maybe replace, I've replaced a couple poodles lately because some of those were were from way back and they start getting dry and brittle in that, in that hot little museum. And um, so how does it connect to my art? I think in a lot of ways, because I, I just really like art that makes people smile, it touches their heart and, and has the color as well. The world-famous Crochet Museum in Joshua Tree is open every day from 10 to 6. And Sherry told me she actually recently found out that the owner of the land the kiosk is on wants to sell. So she's hoping to find a business partner or a new location. If you have any ideas for her, we'll link to her website. Check it out. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Stitcher Studios. The production team includes Dylan Theris, Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire, Gabby Gladney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. And if you would like to learn more about anything that you heard today, check out our website at atlasobscura.com. I'm Amanda McGowan, wishing you all the wonder and crocheted creatures in the world. I'll see you next time. I got to go learn how to make a granny square. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com.